breath always being stanky? Yes, yeah. I am. Why don't you pop a ligament in pop and a shut ligament. the fuck up? Shut yeah. the fuck up! Ligaments. I think ligaments. I it's the only mint made from horses. Horses. Horse. Maximum freshness. Maximum. Maximum. Ligaments. Ligaments. Feel stanky. Pop a ligament. Ligament. The only power of horse ligaments. Fresh in your breast like a motherfucker. Don't tell your mom. She'll get all kinds. Mama, guess what I'm eating? Wait, I can't tell you. Ligaments. Ligaments. Hi, it's me, A Wiz. We're here with another episode of the Wizard on Wisdom podcast, brought to you by the Saturday Evening Ghosts, fine purveyors of serial fiction since 2017. This is the 10th episode. I never thought that I could do 10 of anything, but I did 10 of these shows. And to celebrate, we're going to take a look back at all the pretty funny things we've done and listen to them again. It's a way for me to save time and for you to catch up on what's been going on. So I hope you enjoyed the theme by Ben Zudu. And then after that, we had a word from our sponsor, Ligaments. They're available at all 18 stores. Um, you should go get some. They're um, made from horses. Okay, so remember when the Reverend Dr. Hugo Holmes now stopped by? That was a good time. Okay, so now it's time for an interview. Today's guest is the Reverend Dr. Hugo Holmes now. He's a shaman and a monk and a life coach. He's also the author of two books, What is Wrong With You? An Introduction to What is Wrong With You? And Conquer Your Dreams. How to Conquer Your Dreams and Accomplish Your Goals Instead. He also writes a column straight from the fridge for the SEG, which comes out monthly in it, he takes letters from readers, and he solves their problems for them. It's going to be an exciting interview. He's an interesting character. So, hi, Dr. Hugo. How are you? Hello. It's good you're having me. Thanks for stopping by today. You'll be thanking me a lot more by the end. Let's start at the beginning. How does someone like yourself get made? Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Well, my earliest and only recollection of my parents was when they abandoned me in the jungles of Laos at the age of three. Uh, my mother was presented with the most difficult decision a parent can make, your child or your carry-on luggage. 
we can make another child, I remember her saying, but this is a one-of-a-kind leather product carry-on trolley bag, and it's not going anywhere near stowage with the common luggage. They were originally going to leave me in the first village they happened upon, but when I got there, the village elders could sense, even as I was in the dawn of my life, a vast reservoir of superior wisdom, and they were threatened and cast me out. Yeah. I've noticed people can be pretty mean when they're faced with things they don't understand. What'd you do then? I wandered deeper into the jungle until I stumbled upon a village whose people were more advanced enough to accept my gifts. Seems their ancient tales foretold the coming of a young, pale orphan who would become their greatest shaman. I, of course, fulfilled this and several other prophecies in my time there, many of which I myself prophesied. Fulfilling self-prophesized prophecies is pretty... Well, that's pretty... It's pretty something. What do you think your greatest feat was as a jungle shaman? I think my greatest accomplishment as a shaman junior grade in Laos was organizing a spider uprising against the village that shunned me. Whoa, hang on a second. The spider uprising? Uh, yes, indeed. It was going quite well until some dirty American backpacker loaded that the gills on amphetamines completely usurped my authority. Under his influence, what was once a unified front to avenge the injustices visited upon me began to devolve into infighting and backbiting. And Grandmother Spider was in this big hedonistic phase at the time. She had just lost a clutch of about three million children and was uh, acting out, very vulnerable. I tried to help, but that dirty hippie was too wily and swayed her favor. She's my greatest failure, and he my greatest nemesis. And I tell you, goddess, help him if I ever uncover his identity. That's interesting. I guess you've never heard this podcast before, huh? No, I only listen to educational programs of my own creation. Have you ever heard of uh, Hugo Talks? I doubt you have. They're very advanced. No, I don't think I have. What are they? Well, it is a series of talks, uh, each of which is accompanied by a PowerPoint presentation, which clarifies and enhances what the speaker is saying. I gave the first one myself to set an example as to how they are to be properly formatted. All of the talks are given by experts, certified experts, uh, whom I coach and advise until their talk is as perfect as something not done by me can be. Uh, honestly, I can't believe you haven't heard of them. Uh, they become more and more downloaded every day. I should be running the SEG podcast, not you. Well, Uncle Mort never mentioned you were interested in doing anything for the podcast. He doesn't really mention you at all, to be honest. Unless it's about your column being late again. If you want to produce a segment, I can make some calls and see if I can make something happen. Well, no, that, that would be unacceptable. Uh, my wisdom cannot be crammed thoughtlessly into a segment for a podcast about some common wizardry. Hugo Talks must be fully felt and endured in their entirety in order for the life-changing benefits to emerge. Well, okay, then. How about, um, how about we get someone in the office to read from your books? That'd be a good segment, don't you think? Well, if you give away the milk, no one buys the cow. The words in my books are very much like milk, white and creamy. Well, I see what you're saying, but what's that make the cow in this analogy? Oh, a, a cow. It's a, it's a common dairy cow. That is full of wisdom cream? 
Well, yes. Do people actually buy your books? No, not yet. It seems that many people are not yet ready to hear my words or to be penetrated by my ideas. It's as if my demographic soul sphincter is clenched too tightly for my wisdom to penetrate under normal conditions. And to them I'd say, how can you expect to receive my wisdom seed without unclenching your soul sphincter? Answer me that. I mean, that's just crazy. But that's how people think. So, if no one is buying them, why not use the segment as a chance to raise awareness for your revolutionary paradigm-shifting wisdom and life-coaching methods? Did I say that right? Oh, I, I think I see what you're saying, that I could use this platform as a way to connect with potential client partners and expand my reach and influence. That's something I approve of, I think. Yeah, let's do this, a podcast segment, until naturally it becomes too popular and must be spun off into its own superior podcast. Sure. We can see how it goes, and then we can go from there. I wanted to ask you about being a shaman. Are shamans like wizards? Shamans are just wizards who live in their cars. Uh, they don't do all the book learning, the fancy degrees, and hence have a much harder time landing a job in this current, very unfair economic climate. If you've ever wandered around the parking lot of a jam band show, 73% of the people there and 84% of the ones you tried to buy mushrooms from were likely shaman. The likelihood reaches somewhere in a neighborhood of 97% if they're also selling salvia. Look for the elaborate homemade whippet rigs, and there you'll find the shaman. It also says that you're a monk, too. What kind of monk are you? Well, not the drunk, filthy, beekeeping, robe-wearing kind, that's for sure. Um, I'm one of those mystical kind of monks who dwell in the mountains. They spend their entire lives cultivating wisdom and psychic powers, and I am one of those monks. You mean like the Shaolin monks? Can you jump around and kick things? Oh no, Shaolin monks are like uncoordinated children compared to the mystic monks of the mountain. Yes, I can kick many things with my mystic feet, but violence does not solve most problems. The way of the mountain monk is one of non-violence. Most threats could be dealt with using my immense understanding of human psychology, which I use to carefully choose the most soothing words available in order to de-escalate the situation. And if that fails, and lawyers. Oh. Okay. Why'd you be... Hmm. Let me take a second and think about this next question. Why'd you decide to become a life coach? And what is one, anyway? Well, when I returned to the U.S., I quickly discovered that being a shaman mostly just gets you kicked out of restaurants. Good luck getting a hotel room without 50 forms of ID and at least three character references. Your spirit guide doesn't count, by the way. There are only three states that currently allow psychopomps as references. Life coach seemed like a natural solution to my problem. Life coaches are shamans with book deals. <laughs> Eat that, wizards. Just as an athlete wouldn't enter into an Olympic competition without intensive training under a coach of sport, the alive shouldn't dream of living without intensive training with a coach of life. A life coach, if you will. Well, I'm glad that's working out for you. Do you mind if I ask you something more personal? Like, have you ever been married? <laughs> yes, it was a tragedy. How come it was a tragedy? She was... 
troubled. Um, I'll start at the beginning so you don't become confused. We met, not you and I, I mean my dead wife and I. Her name was Abigail Knob. Uh, we met at an intensive five-day life coach certification seminar some years ago. It was love at first sight, and we would spend all day learning how to coach life, and all night talking about our dreams and making furious love in the back seat of her car before going to bed in the front. We were poor and uncertified at the time, but we didn't care. We had love in each other. The lovemaking was furious, did I mention? Yeah, I, uh, I think so. After we became certified, I asked her to marry me. You should have seen her face. There was so much joy and astonishment. Maybe a touch of confusion. No, on second thought, I'm glad you didn't see her face. It was too radiant, and you would have been injured. We married in the same meeting room that our life coaching seminar was held. That's, um, that's pretty romantic. How did you like being married? As I said, it was tragic. At first, it was amazing. We spent the days working, and after dinner, I would retire to my office to develop my life-changing, life-coaching techniques, as would she hers. In bed at night, we'd discuss our day and how developed our techniques were becoming. Often, there would be lovemaking. This was the honeymoon phase, and we were both still very happy. Well, this continued for several months. I was quite pleased with how my techniques were advancing. Began to share my findings with my lovely Abigail Knob Holmes now. And she would listen with rapt attention at every word I said. My pie charts about soul sections and how they influence behavior were arousing to her. She would demand I take her right there on the dinner table. Often before we even glared it. <laughs> Would you do that? Of course, yes, most of the time. Did you ever um, break the table? No, the only thing that ever broke on that table were two false craft gravy boats and my heart. As my techniques became more refined and my explanations longer, Abigail began to develop a soul sickness. Her eyes started to look glazed over during my talks, and she often smelled of vodka, the most treacherous of all liquors. All of the clears, anyway. I noticed that these were signs of a budding drinking problem, so I began to record affirmations and created PowerPoint presentations in order to help her. Did that help things out? Sadly, no. Her illness had progressed too far to be affected by any of my affirmations. That didn't stop me from trying, though. I tried, and I really did. But she just didn't get any better. She started forgetting to come home on some nights. And in her confusion, bed other quarters, many, many other quarters, she apparently started seeing a doctor at some point, and these little pill bottles started to appear in her apartment, often hidden. I would come upon them by chance by sorting her undergarment drawer. Yeah, underwear drawers need the most sorting. Did you ever notice that? One night I gave the best coaching of my life, up to that point, of course, and showered her with an outpouring of infographics. She was not responsive to my wisdom, nor any other outside stimulus at this point. She wasn't even checking her phone every 30 seconds like she usually did. She even got a few texts. Nothing. I was beside myself with concern for her safety, and carried her to my bed and helped her take the rest of her pills. Kissed her on the forehead, and then one last time... Didn't know it at the time. Of course, this was pre-tragedy. I'm not a psychic. I work for a living. 
So I went downstairs to review my charts and was up all night looking for a solution to her drinking pill cheating problem, but I just couldn't find it. Oh, no. Hmm, I know. I was failing. It was a new feeling for me. In the morning, I went to wake her up, and it was too late. She had taken too many pills, and her soul left her body to return to the spirit realm. Gee, that really is tragic. I still have her hair. All of it. Wow, okay. That's pretty intense. Um, is she still dead? Uncle Mort might be able to help you out with the resurrection. Ugh, I find necromancy to be such a distasteful practice. Now we have the streets crawling with the undead, demanding equal rights under the Constitution. Hey, Mr. Walks Through Walls, the Constitution's called a living document for a reason. You hear that weird baby that appears on my ceiling, spins around, and squeals like a pig? Go back to the guff where your mother put you. Well, it's not for everyone, that's for sure. Hey, let's try this fun interview game. If you had to... What mythological figure would you most identify with? Hmm, well, if I had to identify with a mythological figure, I think it would definitely be Icarus, flying to the sun on his mighty wings, bringing back the fire of wisdom for all mankind. That's something that resonates with and within me. That's a good one. I never pick Icarus. But he's pretty cool. So, I see that you've revamped your SEG column. And you're innovating and disrupting the advice column industry? Did, um, did I say that right? Well, that is correct. I have elevated and perfected the standard advice column into something fit for this century. I no longer have to rely on the postal system and the psychopaths that work there in order to restore people's happiness and save them from themselves. It's much easier to use my ability to travel astrally directly into the dreams of troubled souls and work my magic while I am inside them. That sounds an awful lot like what Merwin does. And who is Merwin? He's the pet psychic. You work with him? I don't associate with the others who work at my website. I only read my column and the ads I occasionally place in order to ensure they meet my standards and specifications. Right. You might want to look into Merwin's column since you're stealing his act and all. I do not steal. I reinvent. It's not uncommon for me to perfect if I have the time, which I often don't on account of how successful I am. Merwin should be thanking me. Well, I'm sure he does. So, I've noticed you've written two books. Are there any plans for a third? Yes, as we speak, I'm working on my autobiography. What's Wrong With Me, the Hugo Holmes Now story. It's a chronicle of my tragic childhood and how I rose above it to become the success that I am today. That sounds riveting and engrossing. When will it be out? Oh, my greatness simply cannot be rushed. Uh, I'm shooting for this winter, but I'm so busy with my clients and develop revolutionary life-changing techniques, and I cannot say for sure. What are you working on now? Anything revolutionary? I've developed a revolutionary new life coaching technique called evocalating. It involves orally articulating tones with a predetermined informational value that could be strung together in organizational syntactical clusters to convey some greater piece of meta-information. I've submitted a patent for this technique and am eagerly awaiting its approval. It will change life coaching forever. Wow, really? How's that work? Hicknack, telekatak, hicknack, was good fam. Huh? If you knew the ideas the sounds represented, you would know I just said, Hello, friends. My name is Hugo, and your life is about to change. So... 
So you invented another language? No, 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 a technique, vocalating. Wouldn't it be easier just to say what you wanted to say? Oh, no, this is revolutionary. Well, it's something, that's for sure. <coughs> Excuse me. We're running short on time here. Before you go, do you have anything you want to plug? Well, I already mentioned my two books. Were you not listening? Uh, do you not listen to me? That won't help anyone, let alone yourself. Well, my first book is called What's Wrong With You? An introduction to what's wrong with you. What's that book about? It's about what's wrong with you. Honestly, are you not here? Am I vocalating? Anyway, my second book is called Conquer Your Dreams. and How to Conquer Your Dreams and Accomplish Your Goals. Well, that sounds like a good one. It is. All my books are. They're available in E and P book formats from Amazon. What's a P book? Paper. It's a book made from paper. Wow! Geez, really? That's... Amazing, I know. Thank you. Is there anything else? When my patent for vocalating is improved, there will be a DVD set of lectures released about how to use it to change your life. Uh, the lectures will also stream over the internet. And next month, my release, The Kraken Within Tour, is coming to Quality Ends across Florida. Tickets are available now. What the... What the hell is that? It's a seminar about releasing your inner Kraken. The octopus of success, and each of its arms is a tentacle of achievement. What are those achievements, you ask? Well, you just have to be in Gainesboro on the 7th of July to find out. And next month, I'm hosting a teamwork retreat. Yeah, teamwork sure is important. That's for sure. I've been trying to get some teamwork going around here, but some people just resist it. It's like they don't want to be part of the team. Well, as I say in my teamwork seminars, no one person can be a Frankenstein. It takes the best parts from everybody to make a successful Frankenstein. And I'm Frankenstein's doctor, putting them all together. Now you can go out and strangle some villagers. And who are those villagers? The villagers are your dreams, and anyone who gets in the way. Well, thanks for coming by. That's enough for now. Well, you're as welcome as you are. Lucky to have spoken with me. Okay. Oh, wait, I, I'm not done plugging yet. I've, I've just secured a deal for a new segment on this very podcast starting next month. Oh, wow. What's that going to be like? One of my underlings will be reading excerpts from my books. It'll be a teaser of sorts for the full blast of my wisdom. Huh, I see. Is there anything else that you want to plug? Is that all there is? No, that's enough. You couldn't handle it all. You can only handle the tip of my teachings and methods. Well, you got that right, I guess. I would just like to take this moment to thank myself for stopping by and talking with you here today and agreeing to spread some more wisdom to a world that desperately needs it. There you have it, folks. Thanks, Reverend Dr. Hugo, shaman, monk, life coach for stopping by and telling us a little bit about what you do and how you do it and why you do it. It was pretty informative and fun. Wish you luck with your third book and your Release the Inner Kraken tour. And if you guys want tickets for that, I guess you can go to the SaturdayEveningGhost.com and we'll have as much information as, as, we, as we can there for you. Um, okay, thanks Hugo. Hey! Is your mom making you, or do you actually want to go to college? If so, you might got to stop in to any one of the 47,018's locations over the next six weeks and talk to our student debt acquisition expert squad. 
Each squad is professionally trained and double certified to help you get all of the student debt that you are entitled to. This is something that you're going to be living with for the next 20 to 30 years. So don't make the decision about how to go into debt lightly. Make sure you get all the debt you deserve, all the debt you're entitled to, and all the debt you need so you can get a piece of paper that says you can sit still for eight hours a day. Don't delay. Come on in to one of the 47,018's locations and talk to our student debt acquisition squad today. They will make sure that you will never make enough money to pay off your student debt and that you get all the student debt that you need and that your mom is happy. Because isn't that what it's about really? Just because you're an adult now doesn't mean you can stop making your mom happy. Oh. Eighteens. Hey. Oh, hi. I kind of fell asleep for a minute while I was listening to that. I'm back though. I hope you enjoyed that Yugo interview. It was nice to revisit it. That's what you do at the end of the year. You revisit things. You put them in lists. You quantify them. And then you put them on the shelf and you never think about them again. Um, so, coming up next, I'm going to talk to a witch about eating some pizza and drinking some beers. Okay, have fun. Welcome to this special edition of Wizard on Wizard, sound only edition. I like to call this one Witch on Wizarding. Because what happened is, a witch and I ordered a pizza and we opened a couple beers and we sat down to have an honest discussion about a relationship problem that we were having. I hope you enjoy it. Do you want anything else for your pizza? No, like I'm a, good. Thanks. It's got you, plenty of want, ham on it. Do you want some mayonnaise or... Um, I have enough mayonnaise on it. Um, we're out of mustard. I mean, no, not, not sandwich mustard. We're out of pizza mustard. What's pizza mustard? It's the special mustard that I use for pizza. You don't? Okay. No, it's alright. Yeah, you know. what? Do you've I just been using whatever mustard? Do I even know you? You just use whatever mustard. You just, you don't even look at it. You don't even see it says pizza mustard. I only put ranch on my pizza. It must have been me then. I'm surprised to find out that there's been mustarding <laughs> happening. I, I don't confuse and I, I feel a little vulnerable. Yeah, this is a mustard household. I don't know how you could miss that. Mm -hmm. uh, we, didn't, we didn't negotiate that. There's a line on the household budget. It says mustard. $40 a month. Uh, that line is not declared that we're actually identifying as some pizza mustard household. That line only declared uh, the budget that is to be spent on mustard, which I agree to in the beginning. Yeah. I didn't tell you this on it was just for special pizza yeah, mustard. Well, you know, yeah. lies. Okay. Um, speaking of which, the reason I brought you here today... To this special brought you here to, to your home where you would have already been... To where, where I am already. Uh, tricked you into ordering a pizza on, mm -hmm. on my card. Yeah. 
It was um, a hard trick. Yeah. You were just, it's like I got an Ooh, app. It was so smooth. It felt so easy. I felt a little dirty. It was. I felt dirty. Like, You're going to feel dirty again in a minute. Oh, man. Yeah. Luckily, I appreciate your immense capacity for all the dirtinesses you feel. It is light. No, it's whew. My question to you today is, um, <clears throat> why, why did you manifest that thing in our living room last week? This is about the tentacles. Is that how it went for you? Because my experience is you manifested something. You went to bed. Mm -hmm. I have to, 12.30, I have to pee. I don't think we had the same experience. So when you're saying tentacles, I, I'm saying um, icy soul gripping neediness, uh, mind fucking leg numbing, slightly arousing kind of aliens thing. And uh, so when you say, is this about the tentacles, I... Yeah, I think we're talking about the same thing. Why did you manifest this thing directly into the living room? Tax reasons. Um, if I summon something every other week and let it linger around, basically I have to use the living room like 60% of the time I have to be working in there. What? Why? For tax reasons, so I can deduct my rent. From... My taxes. Any, anyway, why the living room? Why not? Why not the back office? Because it, um, if you have a dedicated space, all the rules are different. But if you're if you're sharing workspace <coughs> with living space, it's different tax rules. Um, Harold, my accountant. All right. So it. on forms, mm -hmm. there are places before now where you have essentially decided in your head and on paper and admit it, and turn it to other people. Ah, uh, well, living room is going to be great for manifesting demons midnight when I'm, you know, slightly drunk and right before I go to bed. Like, you wrote that down! That's how you do it, yeah. And didn't tell me. I believe it's in our contract. I think that's a really poor roommate. I think that's a dick roommate. It's in our contract. I don't think he's read the paper. R, who do you, R? Our roommate agreement. It's Our roommate agreement was... 797 pages long. Mm, I didn't sign anything, so... Uh, Not I, while you were awake, no. Um, you signed it in your sleep one night. Is it standard? In my experience... For you? In my experience, yeah. Mm. That's how it usually goes. Is it different for you? Yes. Mm. Uh, also, I just think um, no matter the user agreement, I've been living with you for nearly a year. I love your face off. I just think it's rude to um, A, move your feet over 
36 degrees to the left in the bed and, and kick off the, the cat that's finally comfortable enough to sleep there. But also, to, to Tuesday night summon because you're bored? No, it's for taxes. Rude. Taxes are, are, are rude. Well, what about what you do? What do you mean? I think you know what I mean. I don't. You go to the bathroom in the litter box all the time. Have you been Have you been reading where it's called? Yeah, I know where I went pretty well. I didn't write that letter though. I was just like, wow, I'm not alone. Wait, so you, did you just say you go in the litter box? No, you go in the litter box. Yeah, you just said, I think you go in the litter box, and I always realized I'm not alone. What? That's what you just said. Oh, because I read Merwin's column about the guy who had a girlfriend who goes in the litter box, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one. There's, there's two of us at least. We could have a. <clears throat> yeah, well, I think we could sh- have a forum you, discussion. You are shifting focus, sir. Well, no, I'm not denying that I've you, been sneakily you, summoning things every Tuesday yes. for tax purposes and hogging the them. bed. I don't. Yeah, I don't really. But, it's, but I get yeah. bored of the vanishing parts. You know that. <sighs> you know that about me. And then don't act like I only have to pee at midnight. Yeah, and then there's the tentacles. And then, yeah. Well, I guess I'll try to be more aware of um, banishing practices. Make sure that I do it all the time. Thanks. Sure. Maybe you could use the toilet. Uh, I don't really feel that I'm at liberty to speak about the full crux of that of that of that situation. Um, but I'm just saying that the more you use the toilet, I've never peed in a litter box. No, that's not what I'm worried about. <laughs> you don't pee in there at all. It's the other stuff you do in there. <laughs> Never once. Not even a little. No. You know where you're, you know, you know what I mean. I'm talking about number two there, and three. Yeah, and you're like squatting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell number three is, but you're there and now. You don't have to know what it is, you just. What, 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 what's number three? Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it a weird soupy mix? It's something like that, yeah. <clears throat> Usually nuts in it. So number three really wouldn't naturally be number three. It'd be like um, it's two point five. One mm-hmm. A plus two A. With that three double A. Right. I don't know no numbers. Math is a lie. Um, 
but that wouldn't be a third thing. Well, maybe not theoretically. And Irish number three. I'm still trying to. What does that mean? I'll show you next time. Next time what? Next time you number three in the letter box. I'll, be, I'll show you. <laughs> It'll be like that's what I'm talking about. That whatever that is, that's number three. I'm alarmed by when you made that hand gesture. The pointing. You went straight out. Uh huh. And then you went up. Well, number three is determined by approximately height. ten feet. Yeah, that's about how tall it usually is. You just unaware. <laughs> so why did you manifest that bathroom demon again? Because I can write off some of the rent. I some things in the living room. It's part office now. It's true. I'm saving a bundle. <laughs> Is that your turn? No. Let me just pause What it. are you talking about? Hand. No thanks. Hand. Yeah, I'll have a look. Yeah. No, I changed my mind. Yep. You were telling me um, that you lied about About what? That's where we were. I didn't lie. I've just been summoning demons in the living room without telling you. You didn't ask me, like, if I was lying, you'd be like, are you summoning demons in the living room without telling me? And then I would go, no. But I'd be lying. So I just didn't tell you. Um... It was, and it was all in our 800 page roommate agreement. <clears throat> Which I sound when I was, uh, sleeping. sleeping. Yeah. You just made finger quotes around the word sleeping. Yeah. That's the strangest discussion about leaving the toilet seat up that I've ever had. So I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but this podcast is getting super popular. Popular enough to attract the interest from a bunch of other sponsors. They don't do the fancy commercials though. They just want me to read their ads for you. So um, here we go. Let's pay some bills. Are you tired of your witch's coven always being short one or two, three? Let's start this over again. Are you tired of your witch's coven always being short one, two, three, or more people? It kind of makes it hard to summon demons and worship the moon when you don't have exactly 13 people in your circle. Up until now, there wasn't much you could do about it. But thanks to Witch Recruiter, all you have to do is tell them how many witches or warlocks you need and where you live, and they'll just send them right over, overnight. Satisfaction guaranteed.
If you don't like the witches and warlocks you get, you just pack them back up and send them back. It's all for an affordable price. Um, they want you to know that it's affordable. That was under the things to mention three times, how affordable they are. This is a really good company. Um, I'm not a witch, really. So, but sometimes I do need to order up some people for rituals and I just got tired of going to the park and asking homeless people to come over for a while. So, which recruiter really helped me out there. So again, if you need some witches or warlocks delivered to your door, you can't go wrong if you try which recruiter. All right, what's next here? Yeah, put these in order more. All right, here we go. Dollar Rave Club. Are you tired of paying too much money to get into rave parties every night just so you could take ecstasy and dance around like an idiot and put one of them glow sticks up in the air there? Why don't you shove it in your ass? If you're tired of all that, then just subscribe to Dollar Rave Club. Every month, a tiny rave club comes in your mail, complete with the shrinking pill. And you just shrink down, and since you already paid your dollar, you go right on in there and start dancing like an idiot. I don't use this product. <clears throat> Alright, we got uh, two more here. Let's see. Sigils.com I have so many problems when I try to do magical rituals that my least favorite is looking around for the right sigil. I used to have to go to the library and take all these notebooks and pencils and everything with me. And sometimes I had a pack of snack, like a sandwich or something, and like, you know, then you get thirsty. So you just go out of the house with like 50 pounds of crap on your back, and all you need is one little sigil. So once I found out about sigils.com, I went nuts. They have all the sigils ever, just online. And for $19.95 a month, you can just download and print out any of the sigils that you need. They have the sigils from the fifth and sixth books of Moses. Um, all the lesser keys of Solomon, of course. Um, some crazy chaos magic shit. Look, whatever you're trying to do, whatever. You're trying to get a new job. You're trying to get someone to touch it. You're trying to, I don't know, just make enough money to eat and pay your bills. Sigils.com is going to sigil, sigil your face off. Subscribe now and get three months free plus a digital scale. I don't know why. You just get that. Alright, uh, last one is uh, Blue Mortar. Another fantastic service for you magical people out there. Do you ever find yourself in the herb store and you just need like a pinch of uh, belladonna but you gotta buy eight pounds? Everybody's been there. Not anymore though. You sign up for Blue Mortar, you tell them what kind of ritual you're doing, and they mail you all the candles, the sacrificial animals, um, the herbs, the minerals, whatever you need, it comes in a box. I have a recipe card that tells you, walks you through the ritual. Even non-wizards can do this. It's so easy. Like, I got my parents a subscription to Blue Mortar. My mom was invisible an hour later. My dad couldn't find her for like a week until he ordered the See Invisible People kit from Blue Mortar, and he just did it. So, that's our sponsors. Check them out, and... Tell them we had sent you. All right. Now back to the podcast. I think B.S. Smith's going to be coming up now. Yep. 
There he is. Okay, hope you enjoy this old time song. Yeah, hey, so you enjoying this trip down memory lane? I had to step in here and interrupt things and let you know that um, B.S. Smith's not here today. That was um, from the podcast that I said that in, in which he was here, but this is the year-end compilation podcast, so he's not here. Instead, though, we're going to listen to um, the interview with Merwin. Merwin writes the Psychic Pet, Pet Psychic column where people write in and ask questions about their pets uh, and I got to talk to him and he's a cat and he's he's amazing okay hope you enjoy this again welcome to wizard on wizard in case you don't feel like sitting through the entire third episode of wizard on wisdom sound only edition this is just the Merwin interview for you. I already said that, though. So let's get to the Merwin interview. Okay, so now it's time to talk to Merwin. Merwin Smith is a columnist at the Saturday Evening Ghost. He's also a cat, which is a little bit unusual, and he's a psychic. Not only that, he's a pet psychic, which is completely amazing. I was lucky enough to be able to talk to him for a few minutes. So, before we start the interview, I just wanted to tell you about Merwin and who he is, what he does here. So, hi Merwin, thanks for being here. Um, do you mind telling the people at home listening a little bit about your early life as a kitten? I saw that Throwback Thursday picture of you. It was pretty adorable. I was born under the dumpster of a Costco parking lot. Some lady put me in a box and left me on the doorstep of Professor Button's school for gifted kittens. There I was taught to harness my psychic pet powers. Professor Button's? That was one of my favorite comic books. I had no idea it was a real place. How long did you stay there? I left there when I was three and joined a traveling flea circus. Then I joined the New York State Renaissance Fair as a paw reader until I got into an altercation with the falcon. He tried to eat me, but since he had seniority, everybody took his side. I used to work at that same Renaissance Fair myself, and the same thing happened to me. That falcon is a jerk. The hawk's not much better either, and all the parrots are nuts. After you left the fair, then what did you do? So then I decided it was time to put my talents to work for me and started the Psychic Pet, Pet the Psychic Shack. My reputation grew and Uncle Mort asked me if I'd do a column in his magazine. At first I wasn't sure if I could take on one more thing in my bowl, but his cat Estella talked me into it. Interesting. Can we back up a bit? I'd like to hear more about your time in the circus. Well, after I left school, I was a bit lost as to what I should do with my life. A life of pottery didn't seem appealing at the time. I was a young kitten, and purring in some spinster's lap seemed like a fate worse than death. So I joined the flea circus. 
What did you do in the flea circus? At first, mostly sideshows like the oddities tent, but eventually worked my way up to the center ring. You performed in the center ring? I was the center ring. After that, I worked in an occult shop, but only for a week. I got fired for drinking all the St. Zita's floor wash. That stuff's nasty. You didn't get sick? It was just water and mint leaves. Every month you get some pretty neat letters from my readers. Um, and you give some pretty good advice to them, too. Are there any letters that you haven't been able to answer, or just didn't want to? Uh, yes. There was one lady who couldn't tell why her cat was so depressed. She went on to describe all the lovely sweaters and shoots she dressed him up in and make him pose for pictures and cute little outfits. At that point, she had answered her own question. You don't need a psychic to tell you why your cat is depressed. Another letter was from a man whose acupuncturist told him that if he wanted a truly woke kitty, he would put him on a strict vegan diet. He wanted to know why his cat would just lie in one spot, unresponsive. He figured out on his own that it was dead, but he later wrote in asking me to contact Catty Perry in the afterlife. In the professional psychic industry, we make it a policy to never give bad news without blunting it or spinning it in a positive way. There was no way to put a good spin on the things Mr. Perry said about him. Some people aren't very self-aware. I find people often go to psychics and fortune tellers when they're running out of ways to ignore the obvious on their own. Same goes for psychiatry, bartenders, priests. Push down the anxiety with pills, booze, fundamentalism, what have you. How do you deal with your own anxiety? I am a cat. Are you into nip? I have some if you'd like it. I am sad. I just got my medical catnip card. I didn't know they had those. You mentioned Stella earlier. Do you know her before she convinced you to take the job at SEG? No, that was the first we had spoken, but I always thought she had a nice tail. Are you friends now? Why, because we are both cats? No, I just meant because you guys work together. Let's just say co-workers. We work in the same office. She makes this putrid footmade hand lotion she wears all the time. Every time she comes back from the litter box, the litter is stuck to the lotion and she tracks it all over the office. And she is constantly microwaving her tuna. I am spending a fortune on fair trade sage to keep that place clean. I've noticed that about her. She seems nice and all, but there's just something off, you know? I bought a sack of her foot-made lotion for a witch, and it gave her a rash. She had to go to the witch doctor and have a patch of zombie skin exfoliated. Mort had buried her alive in a pet cemetery. I can't imagine what that kind of necromantic process has on someone who is not dead. Are they double alive? Twice undead? That's one mine I refuse to read. I hear you. Reading minds is more trouble than it's worth sometimes. Minds are like books. Can't read all of them, and you shouldn't. I've noticed your column banner says that you have a PhD, but most people write it P, H, and then they put the period and in D. But you write it different. You write P, and then the period, and then HD. Is there any significance to that? 
It stands for Pet Has Degree. The white man won accredited pet degrees. I had to go to France in order to become educated. Things are different in France for people and cats. What did you study there? Did you major in pet psychicking? Liberal arts and contemporary feline literature focusing on the work of the early Calico school. Huh. And you managed to find a job? That's the most impressive thing I've ever heard. That's why I am a psychic. That makes sense to me. So what I wanted to ask you about was... Uh, no, Mr. Teebles, stop eating my sandalwood. I am sorry, my cat is misbehaving. You have a cat? Isn't that like a cross between cannibalism and slavery? What? How dare you? This interview is over. Okay, well, thanks for stopping by, Merwin. It was really interesting talking to you. And I look forward to your next call. If you enjoyed that and want to hear more about Merwin, go to SaturdayEveningGhost.com and then click on the little Merwin button. And then I'll show you all the columns that he has so far. Thanks for listening, and I'll hear you soon. Ladies and gentlemen who have to take off their clothes to pay their bills, we're talking to you. Most people might treat you like the drug-addled parasites that you are, but not those of us down at Stripper's Choice Vodka. We understand. We understand that nobody goes into a profession where they're forced to take off their clothes in order to pay their bills, unless everything else in their lives have gone horribly wrong. And when everything in your life is going horribly wrong, <coughs> has gone horribly wrong, and probably will always go horribly wrong, you need, no, you deserve a little something to take the edge off. You may be familiar with Stripper's Choice Percocet infused vodka, the only vodka that contains synthetic opiates. Now we bring you something better. You called out and asked for this and we gave it to you. Now introducing Stripper's Choice Highball. It's a mix of fentanyl infused vodka and energy drink that'll have you asking why should I choose between up and down? Why can't I have both? I need, I need this, I need this. So, go on down to your doctor and ask for a prescription for Stripper's Choice Fentanyl Infused Vodka Mixed with Energy Drink. And now, back to our program. That's almost an hour's worth of memories. Your attention span must be freaking out by now. We're going to call it quits, and we'll be back next month with some more of the best of last year's podcast. Um, the reason we're doing that is because we're kind of taking a break. We've been writing stories and making podcasts all year, and we're out of ideas and tired. So we're going to stop for a month, and we'll be back in February with year two of all of your favorite 
serialized fiction stories, goofy columns, and crazy ads, you should keep going to SaturdayEveningGhost.com, and that would be that would be great if you could go there and read some stories. We have books coming out, the 2017 annuals. You have the ability to purchase stories you can read for free. Um, I'm sure you have reasons for doing that. So those will be coming out in the next couple weeks. Uh, we got other stuff happening that we're not sure of yet. And thanks for listening and thanks for reading. And we hope you're having a good whatever it is that you're doing. And we'll see you later.